We've just started a series called One Anothering. Uh, we're doing four weeks looking at how we can strengthen as a church the sense of us being a community. And it's not just so that we can be a nicer community. Can you say nice? Okay, one anothering is not just so that you and I can be more comfortable and flourish in and of ourselves. That's part of it, and it's an important part of it. But it's so that we would be a healthier, more robust, more cared for, more loved community. Because Jesus says, by this will all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. When the world looks in, they should see a community that is one anothering all the time. And so we're excited in the series. As I said, it's aimed at strengthening our community as we lengthen our reach. So we're lengthening and we are strengthening. And uh, today we're going to be looking at a few aspects. Uh, we're going to be looking at encouraging. Can you say encouraging? And edifying. Can you say edifying? We're going to kind of cover them together. There are nuances of difference, uh, but we're going to kind of take a more holistic, broad sweep um, in terms of how we can encourage one another. Hebrews 10 verse 24 uh, shows this link I've been talking about in terms of how we can be community on mission. Hebrews 10 verse 24 shows us that this one anothering is actually for the purpose of action. So it says this in the Bible. It says, let us consider how to stir one another up, some verses say. So can you say, stir one another up? It doesn't stop there, okay? <laughs> Don't just stir each other up. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. It's not just to feelings, okay? It's to action. Not neglecting meeting together, as is the habit of some. It's uh, all the more important as time goes on and we can... Say, oh, I'm online. I have this online community. They're brilliant in many ways, but it's not the same as meeting together. But encouraging one another, all the more as you see the day drawing near. And today, this sense of encouragement and edification, I think it's one of the most underrated gifts in the church. Okay? I think it's one of the most underrated ways of um, stirring one another up that we can think of. Encouragement, edification is a weapon to fight with. Can you say weapon? It is a gift to bless with. Can you say gift? And this one's not so great. It's an ingredient. Can you say ingredient? <laughs> and it's an ingredient for a healthy, robust, flourishing community. So just before I go any further, just pause for a moment. Think about when you last felt encouraged and the impact it had on you. So for some of you, you'll be very aware of someone who's really encouraged you strongly recently. Others of you will be like, I'm not sure when I was last encouraged. And also just think for a moment, what's your encouragement like? So when last did you deliberately encourage somebody? And so hopefully as we go through this today, we'll both feel that we're better equipped to encourage and that um, actually receiving encouragement is quite hard, isn't it? Who finds it quite hard to receive encouragement? Our default is to say, yeah, thanks, but you're great too. Or, yeah, thanks, it was nothing. One of the things I've learned to try and do is when someone gives a gift or encourages is just to say thank you. It's really hard, isn't it? Because for some reason, some of us are like, thank you, no problem. But for most people, we feel we've got to kind of give something back. 
kind of justify it because, and in the name of humility, it's a good intention. But uh, I would love us to develop, say, where we're full of encouragement and we're able to just say, we know it's God's work in our life. We know it's God's grace. And you might say, for the grace of God, that's fine. Just to receive encouragement. So we're going to look at this through three questions. What is it? Why do we need it? And how do we do it? Nice and simple. And Jean's going to be helping me. She'll jump up later uh, in the middle of this to share a little bit because she's a great encourager and has been uh, kind of a superb encouragement to me. So I think she will be a great blessing to us. So firstly, what is it? Okay, so I don't know how you would define it. Maybe let's start with what it is not. Okay, it is not flattery. Can you say flattery? The Bible actually has some significant warnings against flattery. It says when we flatter each other, it can lead to ruin. We all know flattery can send people down the wrong path. You're amazing at that when really you know that they, they're not. And they then go and build their life on that and wonder why it doesn't work out. Okay, Flattery often holds in it a sense of I'm going to get something out of it. Okay, So flattery can just be disproportionate affirmation. <laughs> but often flattery can be a sense of I'm going to tell you how amazing you are. It's just fantastic. I can't believe you did that so but what's going on inside of us is, I want you to think I'm amazing because I'm a great encourager. Flattery holds with it some transactional. I'm going to get something out of this. I'm going to feel good when I see a reaction, okay? I'm going to be thought of as the person who always goes around telling everyone how amazing they are. Now, that might be true, but it's what's going on inside your heart that really, really matters. Sean Demars puts it this way. He says, flattery is defined or can be as excessive and insincere praise, given especially to further one's own interests. And much of what passes for encouragement in our churches these days, he says, is flattery and disguise. Though we may not necessarily be trying to further our own interests, some of our positivity is excessive and insincere. So I, I find that quote quite provoking, I'm full of questions on it. Okay, Can you be over-excessive in your encouragement? Um, it's hugely challenging in that, um, but I think he's onto something there about our motives behind often why we encourage people. Marshall Siegel puts it this way, he says, the way we often use encouragement today, it could mean mere comfort or affirmation. You did a great job on that project. You're a good mother. Everything's going to be okay. But biblical encouragement, though often rich with affirmation, offers something far stronger and more invigorating. While poor encouragement may inflame pride or coddle self-pity, real encouragement cultivates humility, courage, and above all, hope in God. While poor encouragement might justify passivity, real encouragement inspires fresh vigilance and faithfulness. True encouragement is not about making others feel better about themselves, but preparing them to know, obey, and enjoy more of God. Okay, now there's lots to unpack on that. We're talking about biblical encouragement, and then there's what we might just call daily encouragement, okay? So what I don't want you to do is like not say nice things to people because you're like, is this proper encouragement, or is this flattery, okay? There's going to be a mixture in all of us, and those things will be vital ingredients of it, but when we come to biblical encouragement, it's robust, it's strong, and it pulls us into what God has for us. The New Testament verb, Marshall Seagull goes on, translated encourage can also mean to comfort, cheer up, console, speak in a friendly manner. 
Throughout, encouragement is about the life-giving power of our shared beliefs and our shared life in the Lord. So I was trying to think, how would I kind of put a definition on encouragement? Maybe something like this. Encouragement is pointing out the grace of God in the lives of others and pulling them into what God has for them as they are built up. Okay, when we encourage, we don't always have to say, I see the grace of God on you on that, but you can. That's helpful. But we can say, listen, I see the way you do that. And what you're doing is you're identifying the fruits of God's work in their lives. And this is some of the greatest encouragement that I've had because people take for granted certain things. You know, you, you, you're amazing at that or you do that is wonderful. And I'm inside sitting thinking, you have no idea what I would be like if it weren't for Jesus. Right? In that moment, I'm receiving the encouragement that you've seen something of the grace of God in my life. Of course, at other times, there's pride, and we're like, yeah, you got that right, okay? Then you just have to deal with that, and it's taken you a while to see it, haven't you? You know, we, we all have that stuff going on in our hearts, okay? But more often than not, we think, if I, if God's grace hadn't transformed me, I would be a self-seeking, self-pursuing, others-putting-down person. Probably true for for many of us. And there's a great example of encouragement. I mean, Scripture's full of examples of encouragement. I just want to share one with you and pull out a few principles from there. So in Joshua chapter 1, we read this, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant. So Moses is leading God's people through the Exodus. He's going to take them into the promised land, but he dies short of that. Then we jump to verse, uh, jump on. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. Verse 6. And he says this, this is great encouragement. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instruction Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Verse 9, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So of course this is full of affirming. You're going to take the land, okay? And uh, there is no shying away from truth though, is there? Because the very reason he needed to be strong and courageous because it was going to be tough and discouraging, right? Okay? So this isn't just like flattery, oh, don't worry about it, everything will be okay. He's speaking into a situation where it's tough, there's, there's, there's responsibility. These are people on mission. They've got to get through into the promised land and lay hold of all that God has for them. And there are giants and enemies to overcome. So it's not just light, kind of everything will be okay. But some features that I think make this encouragement great. Number one, there is initiative and action on God's part. So Moses dies, and then you've got Joshua feeling the weight of it. And God comes to him, and God speaks, okay? Remember we read that verse earlier where it says, consider how to stir one another up. We can do it as we go, but some of the most effective is when we sit there and we think about the person. We think about their situation. We think about what they need. And we think about how can I strengthen them in God? How can I encourage them? That consideration takes some time. So after the death of Moses, God initiates, as he often does. God initiates, doesn't he? So he comes to us comes to Joshua, so he initiates. But then secondly, there's a focus to his encouragement, and then there's awareness. So he says, be strong and courageous, because he knows what Joshua's going through. He knows what Joshua's going to face. 
He knows what Joshua's up against, okay? So he comes and there's a focus to his encouragement and it deals with exactly what Joshua needs to hear in that moment. Joshua is the successor of one of the great leaders of God's people who had done amazing things and God had used him with all his faults. He's thinking, how am I meant to lead God's people? How are we going to do this now? I'm all alone. My spiritual father's gone. So there's a focus and then there's awareness to it. And then there is truth and faith spoken in based on, if you like, God's words. So he says, you will take the land because I have promised. Do you notice that? It wasn't just that you can do anything. <laughs> you will because I've promised. Now, obviously, God gets to say that. We don't get to say that, okay? But what we do get to say is you can because God's promised. You will never be tempted beyond your ability to resist. There will always be a way provided out. Amen? You can have hope in your heart because no matter how bad this world gets, there is a future hope for you that will be without sin and without suffering. Okay? That's, we have promises from God where we can speak truth. When someone says, I can't do this. No, you can because God's grace is sufficient for you. You, 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 you might be pressed down, crushed, persecuted, but you will never be abandoned because God has promised it. So there is truth and faith spoken in. It's not flattery. It's based on the sure confidence of God's promises and God's word. Another aspect of this is it doesn't just aim at success. It aims at faithfulness. Okay? It says, be careful to obey all that God has called you to, and you will be successful. It's not just, you can do it, go on. It's stay faithful to God. There's an encouragement into the purposes of God, but also into the ways of God to do it. Okay? So he's saying, don't just go off and do your own thing. Stay faithful to what God has for you. Be, be careful as you press in to remain close to God. And then obviously there's the last bit where it says, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This isn't just a message from a distance. There's a drawing alongside. There's a sense of I'm with you. There's a sense of presence. There's a sense of partnership. Now, we obviously don't get to be like God and be with you wherever you go. Right? But we can be attentive. And I think the principle there is we can support people as they go. Right? Now, that might be constant communication. It might be practical support. So I think if you were to summarize all these things, I think it's truth and grace. It's the kindness of God, the grace of God to speak into just what he needed at just the right time. And it's full of truth, the promises of God, the words of God. Now, this is God speaking, but you and I have a whole Bible that speaks about the nature of God and the promises of God. Most of the time, I encourage myself uh, in, with Romans 8, verse 28, when things seem to be going wrong. It says, God will work all things out together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Right, he, he, he somehow works it out. Now, as a Christian, live with a sure hope once we are resurrected and raised with Christ. Hallelujah. Now, that might be when it all comes to fruition. And that doesn't make our hope any less vibrant or important for today. It might be tomorrow. Okay? So you've got this. It's God-centered. It's promise-based. And it's personally supportive. It's a great encouragement for... And there are heaps of other places you can go in Scripture, but... If we go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, I love the way it kind of builds up this encouraging and edifying together. It says, so encourage each other and build each other up, even as you are already doing. So, you know, you 
just like you, I'm speaking into a church that's full of encouragement. Okay? This is not a corrective message. Sometimes you need it. As a church, I hear lots of stories of encouragement, and I personally am a recipient of great encouragement. So, but just as you are doing, keep going. But if you look at these two words, encourage, okay? You just break the word down, and it does have this in the root meaning. It means to put courage in, okay? Who needs some courage today? I want to put courage into you. I don't want to give you a plaster and tell you it'll all be okay and you're amazing. Okay? That's a plaster. I wish I could say that and sometimes you can. I want to give courage that no matter what happens, and actually when you look at a lot of this references to encourage in the New Testament, it's in the face of persecution, trial, and suffering. And the encouragement is to remain faithful to the Lord. <laughs> Building one another up in the things of the Lord, despite challenges, okay? So encouragement is to put courage in, to draw alongside, to comfort. And edify means to build up, okay? I was thinking of getting some giant Jenga. You know Jenga, where you stack the blocks like this? And over time, I can feel like a bit of a Jenga tower. Circumstances just pull a block out of you. Pull another block out of you. Pull another block out of you. And you're like, I'm kind of just holding it together now, you know, I, I feel like I'm toppling, you know, and then something else pulls another block and uh, you feel like you could crumble at any moment. Encouragement is like building up, like putting the blocks back in there. Put the block back in. Put the block back in. I know you can't really do that in Jenga because you'll mess it up, but you, you get the idea. Okay, it's about the, the edifying is like building up a building. It's getting strong strength and foundations. It's about putting pillars in. So when you encourage and edify someone, you are building them up. You're strengthening them. You are fortifying them. You're putting courage into them. Encouragement and edification. And as I said, someone who I think is great at that is Jean Sherwood, who's now going to come and share for a little while. So let's welcome up Jean. just got to put my third leg down. This does help me and encourages me to walk every day, so there we are. So we're talking about encouragement this morning, and um, Hugh's just finished, and I just want you to know that he's taken half of my scriptures. <laughs> so they're very pertinent ones, so they need to be reaffirmed, I think. Um, I'm going to start off with... A, a quite a serious thing that Jesus, uh, Jesus said in John 16, 33. He said, in this world, you will have, what's the word? Trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Isn't that an amazing, amazing word? Take heart, because I have overcome the world. So as Christians, we're not looking to the trouble. We're looking to the Jesus in our heart to carry us through the trouble or be with us in the trouble. And we live in a world where trouble is very evident. And I would encourage you this morning to not watch the news <laughs> and not get tied up in all these blogs and uh, information that's going around because it's just trouble. 
And some of that trouble is not going to have any effect on your life for tomorrow or today and the way that you are going through your lives and how you're going to encourage somebody else. So we are all in need of encouragement. And we get it in so many different ways, don't we? And I want to share some imp how important it is with you this morning as a church. Have you ever been in a doctor's waiting room? Everybody's sitting there. Nobody's talking. They're all waiting for hope. They're all waiting to get good advice and some encouragement for their day. But they're all sitting there. There's no communication. There's nothing. And it's very disheartening, isn't it? Well, I would say that um, as, as a Redeemer Church, we're, we're not like the doctor's waiting room this morning. And as believers, it's important that we remember who we are and what we've got to share with one another. You know, God has been so good to me. I've been encouraged so much over the years. And that's why I'm standing here today, probably. Because somebody took the time to encourage me in a specific area. And that changed things for me. And I was able to press on a little more. It's not just as, as uh, Hugh said, saying nice words. Oh, it's always nice to hear how good you look or how people like you or how friendly you are. But that's not the point here. Because as believers, we have a responsibility. We are carrying a word. We are carrying a life within us that changes people for the better. And that within us comes out of the word of God. You know, when you look at the Bible for encouragement, it's on every page. There might be some costs involved, but it's there. And it's a book full of encouragement. I'm not very good with notes, and I've made three pages. I don't know how I'm going to get through them. Um, so I also picked up that scripture in Thessalonians 5.11, where we are to encourage one another and build each other up. Um, and it also, at, after that, at the end of the verse, it says, just as you are doing, which means that this church was very good at building one another up. What a reputation to have this morning. Redeemer Church is so full of encouragement. It really builds you up when you've been there. It really does make a difference in my life when I go and hear the word. Because what does it do? It builds me up in the word. It builds me up in Christ. It builds me up in him. And that's what it's all about. So we know that Jesus is our ultimate builder. He's the one that will continue to encourage and he gives us so much in his word that become the building blocks of our own house, the building blocks of our own testimony. So we need to make our encouragement Christ-centered. And as Christians, we need to make sure that we, as we are at church, in the, I'm talking about this as church this morning, as you come in, you need to make sure that you are welcomed. Were you welcomed this morning? Come on, were you welcomed this morning when you came in? 
Yes, you were. Somebody took the time to give you a smile and shake your hand and give you a hug. We need to embrace one another in that. And those are the things, those are just small things. But em encouragement goes much deeper than that. Words have power to bring change. And God-giving words bring life. So as, as Hugh said earlier, you can say nice things to people and it'll make them feel good for a moment. But you give something that is, encourages them in the word, encourages them in God, and it stays with them, stays with you. It helps you to grow. You know, giving encouragement, it's like somebody giving you a gentle push forward when you really feel as though you don't want to go on anymore. And sometimes it's like that as Christians. We do hit the wall sometimes. There's so much out there. We live in a world that is so uh, stressful and we don't want to major on that. But as we uh, go through these experiences, there's one thing that, that will hold us together, and that is biblical ex encouragement, which he was very, probably very better, much better at it than I am. God's encouragement is not just words. Remember that. Don't just go up to someone just to say something. Because it won't do anything either. So whatever we're going to say, we need to you need to base it on Jesus' heart. We need to base it on, remember who I am. What would Jesus say to this person today? How would Jesus relate to this person today? Take the time. Don't just get up to just be... I'm very good at talking. I have lots, I have a real problem with it actually. Um, but when I get the opportunity, I seem to talk a lot. Um, but it's not about that. It's about being, listening to the Holy Spirit. And one of the greatest things you can do to be an encourager is to listen. And I've not always been very good at that. But listening, listen. Don't just barge in with a whole lot of stuff. Just take time to perhaps listen, because maybe your answer would be different. Maybe you would react differently. Be sincere. So as we encourage one another, and I know that this is a body of Christians in this place that are full of encouragement, kindness, and not only in words, but in action. I've received more care in so many ways uh, since I've been here. Somebody will go out of their way to come and pick me up and take me home again. Somebody will take time to give me a call on the phone and things like that. So it's a very real thing. It's, and it's an, it's, an instruction because we are told to encourage one another. In Hebrews 3.13, it says, encourage one another daily. And it's, so you look at that and you think, well, I probably won't, can't do it every day. I live in a different time. But it says, encourage one another daily. Why does it say that? This is why. So that no one is hardened by the sins of deceitfulness. So that's why we do it. We do it to protect one another from getting into a place 
where Satan can come in and in your discouragement or whatever it is you're going through to make it a bigger problem than it really is. We don't want to be caught up in the deceitfulness of the evil one and don't let it rest on our lives. I have a, uh, I, I have a little proverb that I just love. It's a Chinese proverb and it says this, you can't stop a bird flying over your head but you can stop it making a nest in your hair. So when the discouragement comes, I often say, and I can do it because I live alone, so I don't have anybody saying, what did you say? I stand in my flat sometimes when the thoughts come along and I say, keep flying, keep flying, Buster, don't stay. I'm not allowing you to make a nest in my hair. And that's why we need encouragement, because we all are what we are as human beings. We're frail compared to the wonder, the majesty, and the beauty of God, the strength of God. And he's offered his self to us through his son so that we can have his strength in the Holy Spirit. So if you're going to keep looking for it in your own strength, you probably will get by, but you will not get the fullness that God wants to give you. Because God has put us together as a body. And the scriptures over and over and over again are about togetherness, about caring for one another. God's got a heart that is so full of mercy about caring. It, it actually overwhelms me at times. And when you look at our world, we see that the people that are so in need and have so much need for encouragement and care don't get it. And you can come up with all the programs you want. And it may be, it may give you a bit of a, a break for a while. Oh, it's okay, I'm going to this course, you know. I never realized how great I was until they told me that I need this and I'm that and I need to, you know, look up to myself and all this kind of thing. No. Because I've learned a truth, and it's a wonderful truth. And I stand here today, and I have some issues, as you probably can see. But they are minor in comparison to my need for the presence of God in my life. For the need for God to be with me day by day. And that comes about when people come along and encourage you. Sometimes... You're so worn down with what's going on, especially mums with children and all that goes on there. But, you know, please, let's be people who will reach out and say, how are you doing? And be a real encouragement. And it's all right saying words, but let the encouragement go a little further. Not only listen, but stay, with, stay the course with someone. Don't give them lots of advice this week or not advice, encouragement this week. And then when you see them next week, just don't say anything. Follow it up. Give them a call. Make sure it's okay. Because we need to be reminded and we need to be, make sure that all that we're doing leads us, leads us to a godly encouragement. We're not here to give our own ideas. This is not about me. When I encourage, it's not about you. It's not about anything like that. It's about Jesus. And we are to be his arms. We are to be his voice. And we are to be his genuine love. 
And so that's a, a very big deal. Anyway, um, at the end of all this, I want to leave you with a... I haven't spoken for 10 minutes, have I? <laughs> Do you think I can have a little bit more, you know? Um, there's a lot on these sheets of paper that I probably haven't said because I'm not... Once I take my eyes off you, I've got to bifocal them back on here and I'll miss half of what I've written down. But let me end by sharing my little part, by sharing this from Isaiah 41, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, do you want to be kind of uh, join God with his righteous right hand and be the strengthener of someone? Would you want to be someone who uh, every, that someone feels they can trust you? All these things about coming into somebody's life and sharing something takes trust. So be trustful, be honest, be careful, and encourage them in the word, encourage them in God. Don't get weary in well-doing. We're already weary every day. Luckily, uh, or I should say I'm blessed because I am now an old lady, so I get lots, a lot more time that I did when I was younger that is free. But for those of you that are busy, 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 I trust that you will have someone today who will just come along and just encourage you in your dream, encourage you in your situation, your finances, your health, whatever it may be. And always remember that, it, that we need to make sure that the words that we say are going to lead us to him because he's the only one that we can really trust and he's the only one that knows the beginning and the end of it all. And yeah, I want to share just this little thought that even in the situations you find yourself and the encouragement you may get or may give, you have a destiny. And so in that, listen to God as well so that you know where he's leading you. When you're in a ministry where you're being a shepherd or, a, or in that kind of ministry, it's a big responsibility. And the situations are varied. And we don't know it all. We certainly don't. And I don't know it all. And I have great need of encouragement all the time. And I'm so thankful that I, I, I received that, not only with perhaps a nice test, but people will pray for you. What a privilege to have someone to just pray for you, knowing that the gates of heaven are receiving your prayers for that person. And I often thank God for the unknown prayers. All those out there that are lifting you up, you think, oh, I'm at the end of myself. Nobody cares anymore. Oh, this, that, and the other. But you know what? Somebody out there cares. As a, there's a brother and sister out there who's lifting your name up. This family with a little girl with serious, serious health problems are relying on our prayers. They're relying on our encouragement. 
So how do you encourage in that? That's a really desperate situation. You, you show them Jesus. That's what you do. And pray that Jesus enfolds them and keeps them. And I'm going to end now because otherwise I shall ramble on. So I'm going to leave the, uh, let's leave the juicy bits to Hugh. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Great job. Thank you. Thanks, Jean. Super, super helpful. You stole some of my scriptures for the next bits, but uh, that's okay. Um, I'll, I'll just rattle through some things briefly as we, as we come to an end. So um, I primarily spoke about what it is, and we've suggested some kind of very biblical ways of doing it, but um, don't underestimate the little ways. A hand on the shoulder, a thank you, a well done, a smiling nod. I think encouragement has such a big spectrum in it. But if we come to some biblical reasons why we need encouragement, I think Gene started to touch on this and talk about how difficult life can be. It says this in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 14, which is kind of like the handbook of how to do conflict, just this one verse. It says this, brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, okay? Encourage those who are timid or faint-hearted. Take tender care of those who are weak, be patient with everyone. So obviously encouragement is needed at times because we are timid or faint-hearted. Sometimes it's a makeup of our personality that we are maybe more faint-hearted than others or timid or because something has happened to us and life has just worn us down and has been brutal. Look for those who are timid and faint-hearted and particularly seek to encourage them. Some of you will be going through things right now where you just need God's encouragement all the time. It can become difficult to keep receiving it, can't it? Keep going on and keep going on. Brothers and sisters, let's not become weary in encouraging one another and do it wisely. But you might be sitting there thinking, my personality type, encouragement, nah, it's like water of a duck's back. I got this nailed. You know, I can just cruise on. I'm pretty constant and I'm going, be very careful. Okay? Because maybe in your emotions, that's not the case, but this sobering verse that Gene mentioned, Hebrews 3, 12 to 3, take care, brothers, speaking to Christians, okay, believers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. What is going on in these verses? There's a warning that you could be deceived by sin and it can harden your heart and the antidote is exaltation, encouragement, edification in the middle. So if you think you don't need it, take care, brothers. Because what can happen is over time, sin deceives you and said, says little things like, God is not worth following. God is not worth putting first. His promises can't be trusted. I can give you hundreds of examples that whispers to you when people weren't healed. I can give you hundreds of examples when it all went wrong. I can give you sin deceives you and your heart starts to believe this. God can't be trusted. God's ways are not the right ways. Sin is more satisfying. That person will answer all my problems. Keeping hold of my money for me will lead to my greatest happiness. It's subtle, but it hardens your heart. Come to the end of your life, Jesus is not on your radar, and you think, did I ever actually follow Jesus? Right? 
What's going to keep you from going down that slope and what's going to keep you from getting to that place? Exhort one another daily. I call it, you need it because you have dodgy hearts, the deceitfulness of sin and your destiny. Destiny. If you're going to come into all God has for you, you need encouragement. Sometimes that encouragement can sound like a warning. Stay close to God, brother and sister. Get into the word of God. Put God first. Free yourself from the love of money. Why are you isolating yourself from community? It's the most common one. I schedule in my gym each week. I schedule in my socializing each week. I schedule in my progress or career development each week, and I fit God in where I can. Be careful, brothers and sisters. That's a slippery slope. You can do all those things, but prioritize the Lord Jesus. See, we need to exhort one another. There's this lovely song, Come Thou Font of Every Blessing. Who knows it? There's a few lines from it. It says, Oh, to grace how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let that grace, Lord, like a fetter, like a chain, bind my wandering heart to thee. Teach me, Lord, some rapturous measure. Meet for me thy grace to prove while I sing the countless treasure of my God's unchanging love. We have hearts that are prone to wonder and we're brilliant at justifying it are we not okay we need exaltation in the things of God so how do we do it I finish with this very very quickly number one you must encourage yourself in the Lord okay say encourage yourself in the Lord that's a long I shouldn't have said that okay it says this in Philippians 1 verse 2 so if there is any encouragement in Christ any comfort from love, participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind. The more that you drink of the encouragement of God and get into the Word of God, the more it's going to flow out of you. Because freely you've received, you think, wow, God thinks that of me. By the grace of Jesus, I can encourage you. God's done that with my life by the grace of Jesus. He can do it in your life. Encourages. The Bible says, keep yourself in the love of God. How are you doing today? Keep yourself in the love of God. Well done for getting out of church. Gathering on Sunday is not everything, but it's huge. As we sing to each other, as we share of a family whose child's had a tumor, it puts yours into perspective, right? As we share about a family whose child has a humor, you realize you can speak about your weakness and you can be vulnerable and bring your hurt and pain out. But we declare the goodness of God. We celebrate it. We shout it. You know, encourage each other, yourself in Christ. That's where you start with and encourage yourself with Scripture. It says this in Romans 15, verse 4. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. This is robust, dear friends. This is fortifying. This is truth in the world that's filled with transient things. This is where you find what God thinks of you, who you are, God's purposes for you, and how everything is going to turn out in the end. He wins, hallelujah. He has won. And then encourage deliberately. We've read this, where it says this. Let us consider how. So as you go away today, consider how. I used to be much better at this. I would have a time of the week where I'd sit down and I'd think, who can I send a message to to encourage them? I haven't done that for a long time. We sat down three weeks ago as a family and said, each week, let's decide one person we can encourage this year. I wrote the names down. We haven't followed through on it. And we need to actually do it. Consider how you can, maybe as a family, 
thing, maybe as a household, just as individuals, how can you encourage others? Ray Ortland says this, the one thing gospel encouragement isn't is average, mediocre, ignorable. The ministry of encouragement is surprising, captivating, energizing. It does require effort and intentionality, but it also leaves us feeling exhilarated and uplifted. Is that how we walk out of our churches on a typical Sunday? Exhilarated and uplifted. (laughs) When the ministry of encouragement has allowed its actual authority and it takes over and sets the tone in a community, that is how people do walk out of church. They leave thinking, man alive, I needed that. That's how I leave every Sunday. (laughs) It makes me want to live for Christ this week and I can't wait for next Sunday. May we be a church like that. 